I want to talk about this morning just, you know, basically, I just want to face stuff. I want us to face fear because everybody is walking in such a way, um, we don't know. Nobody's walked through a pandemic before. It's just, this is just nuts. Now, we can bring things to the like of that back in the history of, of America, you know, the Great Depression and stuff. And people, I don't want any letters about, you're comparing this with the, I'm just saying where the country went through something together. We've, you know, had to figure out some stuff and just how to walk it out. And uh, so I want to talk about dealing with fear and just being afraid of things that have happened or things, you know, because the enemy wants to put labels and all kinds of things. If you, uh, you know, if you had COVID or you, you know, whatever, then is there something wrong with me? You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, you know, you're a child of God and the enemy doesn't like it. And so it's just a battle. And, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to face those kind of things. Um, there's a lot of stuff going out there, and you know, who to trust, and what's this? One uh, media will say this, another will say that, and who's telling the truth, and there's this, and there's that. I mean, so things are just kind of crazy. Uh, you know, there's, we're still believing, and, and the, the election is, is not over. They're uncovering things like that, but stuff is just happening. So there's so many things that are going on that want to grab your attention, or the enemy can just kind of shove in there that will make you afraid. Um, you know, just walking through this or keep your, if you're an entrepreneur or you have your own personal business, keeping it running and uh, all of those kind of things. There are churches. There's churches that have, you know, combined and went together because times are, are tough. You know, it's, it's just nuts right now in ways. And so you can't let fear drive you. You can't let the enemy drive the train because, you know, somebody's going to be driving it. Don't let the enemy drive it. So we're going to deal with some of those things this morning. I want to tell you a story. I've shared it before, but I feel to share it again. It's a typical year, and I was on my way to Florida. My folks are with us today. They, uh, they live here in town now, but for years, for 20-some years, they lived uh, south. They lived in Florida. So the plan every year was usually I would uh, fly to Florida, and they would come back for a visit. I would help my mom and dad drive, well, basically my dad, because mom would be back in the back seat with the dog. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes pets are just like a kid. So she'd be back there with Quigley the kid. And uh, so we would drive back from Florida, and then my sister would drive them back, help them drive back to Florida, visit with them for a little bit, and then she would fly back. And that's kind of how we worked it out. And so, you know, it was a typical year, and I headed to the airport, and uh, I had a plane scheduled and all of that, and we were getting ready, and, and they came on and said, you know, your flight has been delayed. And so that was the first report that came in. And, and so, you know, I called Pastor Kim and said, hey, listen, they're delaying our flight. And so, you know, uh, then they came on and said, your flight's being delayed. There, there's engine trouble. Nobody wants to hear, if you're going to fly on a plane, that your, your plane has engine trouble. And uh, so they said, we're just going to just stay here. We're looking for another plane. We're going to swap out kind of thing. And, you know, so we're like, oh, okay. So now the delay is a couple hours. It ended up being like a three, four-hour delay. And they couldn't find a plane to swap out because of the, the time of year or whatever. So they said they've got somebody. They found somebody. They think they can fix it. If you're going to fly a plane and they think they can fix it, those are words in that phrase, or they probably can, you know, I don't want to hear that. Everybody wants to know, okay, we, no, uh, we want a new plane. So I'm, I'm talking with pastor, and we're going back and forth, and she goes, I don't want you to fly. I don't think you should fly. I think you should just, we'll plan another trip. You guys should reschedule or something. I don't think, you know, and this is what I told her. Now, I, I'm, I'm telling you this story. This is pretty much how this went down. I said, I'm going to go pray, and I'll, I'll call you back. So I went off, and I started praying in the spirit. I started now listen, I started, you know, the God in me, I started praying, talking to the Spirit, talking to my Spirit and God's Spirit, making connection. So, you know, my mind is busy, Lord, should I fly, should I not fly? The Bible says in Romans we're to be led by what? By peace. So I'm looking for God to answer me and to get a peace because I need to know. They're going to board here pretty soon, and there are people, I already saw people who are like, I'm out, I'm not doing this. Nope, mm-mm. Because when they came back with a report where you're going to take the plane that was broke, that's always not real comforting. But I got alone with the Lord, and alone meaning alone with everybody around. You know what I'm saying? There's real, where are you going to go in the restroom? If you go in the stall and talk to yourself, people just think you're on your cell phone or something, but I didn't do that. 
So I just went, you know, to another part, and I'm praying, and and the Lord, he spoke in here. I didn't hear this audibly. He spoke in here, and he said, you can get on the plane. It will land. You will get to your destination. And I said, good, okay, all right. So I called Pastor Kim back and said, I'm boarding the plane. She's like, babe. And I said, well, the Lord told me I can get on the plane. It's going to be all right. It's going to land. I'll get to Florida. And she said, how did the Lord tell you? You ever have, she just wants the confirmation. You know, don't tell me, well, you know, three eagles in the sky formed a big, no, you know, so, uh, so I told her what I just told you, and she said, okay, and I said, honey, I have a piece, it's going to be okay. She goes, okay. Now, when I fly, this is just me, I usually sit, if I'm flying coach or whatever, I, I, like I'm flying first class, I've never flown first class, my arms got real tired that way, but I'm flying coach, and so, you know, they load you as you, you know, you have a ticket, and basically, it's once you get on there, it's you grab a seat, and that's how that works. I always go to the back, because not a lot of people like to go to the back, so I go to the back, because the restroom's back there, and I usually very rarely ever need the restroom, but if I ever needed to, it's right there. So, you know, that's great. So I go to the back, plus if you've ever seen any kind of a plane crash, it's always the tail that's up in the end. I'm just like, hey, I'm going to the back. <laughs> so now we're on the plane, and they delayed again. Well, we're still checking the engine for whatever they're doing. And I'm thinking, number one, I, you know, but I have to go back to what I heard the Lord say. The guy in front of me is, I don't, I, I don't remember if they're giving, I think to some extent they're doing some complimentary drinks because of the delay. But this guy is, I mean, he's drinking, he was wanting a beer all the time, probably other drinks with that, you know, beer, beer. And so then, finally, we're going to take off. Now, I'm sitting back in the back, the last seat. There's people beside me that I don't know, um, and the guy in front of me. And the plane starts, and it is like running down an old country stone road with potholes everywhere. It starts going, I mean, and it's like, da, 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 da. People that have had some of their drinks and stuff, they are... It's like watching, in my, you know, it's like watching airplane or airport or, you know, like something, this isn't good. And people start screaming. There's some people there, and you, you'll see some people, they're just like, they're, they're hovered together. They're like this. Um, there are empty seats because people got off before. Uh, but then this guy starts, he starts screaming, we're all going to die. This is it. I'm going to die. And he's crying and he's screaming. There's people going, shut up. And, you know, and the plane is, and, you know, the captain, this is your captain. It's like, this is not good. So I finally, I grabbed a hold of the guy's shoulder and he looked at me. I said, sir. I said, what? I said, we are not going to die. He goes, we're not? I said, no. I said, we're going to get to Florida it might be rough now. It's going to smooth out. We're going to get there. God told me we're going to get there. I'm going to make the destination. We are? Yes. My, he's got some, my life is not going to end on this plane. There's a destiny. It's going to be okay. And we locked eyes, and he goes, you believe that? I said, absolutely. It's going to be all right. He goes, oh, beer? Now, I want us to talk just a little bit about what it's going to take in this world of you know stuff going on that it feels like it was forced on you or you're involved in walking something through that you didn't really want. Um, God has got this. I'm, I'm going, I just told the story and I'm going through my notes to make sure I don't say the same thing over again. What I got from God when I went and talked to him was the word that I needed so that I did not have to live in fear. What happens in a world that's walking through a pandemic, people that don't have answers then we are subject to circumstances. Now think about it. If we don't have an answer, we're looking for one, why don't we look in the right place? If we look in the right place according to the word, it doesn't mean we are perfect. We're not. We'll talk about that in a second. But we can draw clear answers from the word. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. One version says a sound mind. How many would like a sound mind? You know, just a mind that says, you know what, I'm at peace. So when I got on that plane, my mind was at peace. Were there other things trying to get me off peace? You bet. 
There's still people, my circumstances around hadn't changed, and there's still the enemy throwing those fiery darts saying, you should be afraid you are a fool to board this plane. You should have said goodbye to this, da 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 and the rest of the story. But, you know, this is what I'm saying. I drew back on no. I asked God, and this is what God said, shut up. Because then you have to go back to what, did, what the word says. What did God tell you? And that's what she wanted. She wanted confirmation. What did God tell you? And so when I could say, this is what he said, and she said, and, and that's, you're, you are sure about that. I said, you know, honey, I am totally sure. She's like, okay, I'm in agreement with you. So this morning, you might be facing, maybe, maybe you have a job, and because of COVID, you're like, I don't even know how I'm going to keep the door swinging, or, or uh, we moved into a new house, and I've got these, I have all these bills, or new responsibilities, or whatever that is, or just staying healthy. I get it. In this life, you can't really progress without taking risk. Now, think about what faith is. Faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? And without works, it's impossible for faith to be activated, amen, according to the Bible. And without faith, we can't please God, according to the Bible. So putting all of this together, there's going to be things that, that are, you're going to deal with that you can't see the answer right away. That's, that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to go on circumstantial evidence. He wants you to base what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you speak, whatever those five senses, that's his realm to work on you in. What are the consequences if you take no risks? I mean, there's people right now, and I get it because it's everybody's encouraged. We're you know we're going to do virtual Christmas Eve. We're encouraged to stay home and celebrate big but small. We're all in this alone together, kinda. And and you know different things have affected different people. We talked last week where before you know we, we it's hard to believe what report. And what are the actual numbers and the cases that went up or down? People that said, you tested positive, but they never tested at all. And, and there's all of those. And they're like, so what is it real and what isn't? And, and so people are, they're afraid because there's so many things that are skewed. So if we take no risk, we, in other words, if we, ta- we don't put our faith out there, we put, don't put any use to our faith, we we just sit dormant on everything, then we, we don't experience the things that God has for you. Listen to this poem. There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang or prayed. Then one day he passed away. His insurance was denied, for since he really never lived, they said he never died. If we're just afraid, God, I'm just afraid. I don't want to get out of my house. I might fail. I'm telling you this morning, that is, a, that is the plan of the enemy. Keep you just in fear. Keep you at bay. Now, I'm not saying don't use wisdom. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but just let's, let's put God in this situation. You see, faith requires you doing before you see. Well, when that shows up, I'll believe. Well, anybody can do that. Do you believe when you pray? We're all human. We've all failed. It doesn't mean that we have to live in the fear of failure. Well, I just don't know how to handle this. I don't think any of us know how to accurately handle what we're all dealing with as one nation under God. But this isn't just happening in these great United States. This is happening in the world. But if we don't face what is in front of us, we won't be able to live the life God has for us. Because if we are afraid to face what is challenging, we can't go forward. We'll always look over our shoulder, what if, what I, you know, uh, what could have been, should have been, might have been. You and I will never be perfect, so we can't be perfectly successful. 
But we can still succeed. But if we don't try, that's when we fail. Lord, what do you want me to do? There was a man who couldn't speak English. He was so afraid of failing, he didn't want to even learn the language. So he found a teacher who showed him just what he wanted to know, just what he wanted to order at a restaurant. The teacher taught him perfect English on saying these words, hamburger, french fries, Coke. Every day he ordered the same thing until he was sick of it, kind of like manna. He just, you know, same thing, hamburger, french fries, Coke. And he finally went to the teacher and convinced the teacher, teach me some other words. Teach me something new. I want to order something different. So the teacher taught him three new words, eggs, toast, juice. He's excited now. Sweet, sweet mother of Abraham Lincoln, I can learn something new. Eggs, toast, and juice, and not hamburger, french fries, go great. So he goes to order something different. The waiter stands in front of him and says, what do you have today? He says, eggs, toast, juice. The waiter says, great. How do you want your eggs? He stares at the waiter. Doesn't know what to say. The waiter says, what kind of toast do you want? Rye, whole wheat, sourdough. Again, the blank stare. Juice, tomato, orange. The blank stare. Finally, the guy goes, hamburgers, french fries, Coke. And that's kind of what we do when we get pulled out. We just recoil back. I don't want to live a hamburgers, french fries, Coke life. Pastor Gary, I was reading one of his books the other day, and and he said for years he wanted to see mountains, and he would only see them in the pictures of an outdoor magazine or something, and then he realized the interstate was not far from his house, and he traveled and he saw a mountain for the first time instead of just the picture or instead of on TV, and his old world opened up. Now he says he has to have a mountain fix every six months or so. And it was right there, but yet he would not go and do that. He felt like he couldn't. It was just something he couldn't do. When Kim and I were first married, I think she was pregnant with Mallory. We went to SeaWorld. Is SeaWorld even open anymore? Remember Shamu, the big whale? I saw Shamu on TV, and I thought, man, that is cool. And so we went there, and Kim was great with child. My child. And so we go, we go there, and they have rows that say splash rows. wonder what that means. <laughs> we sat close to a splash roll. When that whale came out of the water... It was like seeing something for the first time. I mean, seeing it on TV or seeing a picture of it, you're like, oh, wow, that's big, yeah. But when that thing came out of the water and you knew it was alive and it came and just, I was like, it was, it was crazy cool. What happens if we would let God have the, the control of our life? instead of living in that hamburger, french fry, Coke world. We cannot please God and play it safe all the time. Now, again, I'm not talking about not using wisdom. COVID-19 or not COVID-19, people still need to hear about Jesus. There's people that got COVID-19 and did everything right, six feet apart, kept their hands clean, wear a mask, and still they're like, I don't get it. Okay, I don't think anybody can understand all of it but I know what I can declare. I know what I can believe. I would rather do something for God than not do anything of value or worth. I believe the enemy wants us to be afraid. He wants us to shut down. He wants us just to stay in our homes and not go to church, not witness about Jesus. I can remember, and I think I can talk to everybody here. You remember when the the planes hit the towers? I remember where I was. I remember where I was standing in our bedroom watching the TV and where Kim was, and that second plane hit the tower. I remember seeing, because I was watching it live, and I remember hollering at her, babe, the other plane just hit the tower, just flew into the tower, and it just blew up. And, and we ran to the TV, and, and we were gripping. Didn't the world almost grip in fear? 
What is going on? Mallory was released from school, from private school, and came home and said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school anymore. They sent us home. I want to stay here where it's safe. And there was a whole new thing that we had never experienced that we were, as a family, going, oh, my word. And the nation was crippled for a short time. People didn't want to travel. They shut everything down. They're not going, I don't want to fly. Oh, my goodness, because they were taken over and the other plane that crashed in the ground. Remember that? Because people took it over. And people, brave people took those people over. And the whole world was, oh, what is going on? And the enemy was doing his work to keep us afraid. But God. You see, the enemy can never shut up God. There came a part where we're like, we are one nation under God. We will not live in fear like this. God is bigger than COVID-19, my friends. Let me tell you another story. There was a tourist driving through a beautiful farmland when he saw an old farmer sitting in a rocking chair over his porch or on his porch. And the tourist just stopped and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go talk to him. So he approached. He saw the man's scraggly beard noted he was chewing a piece of straw. For those of you in here who can't get that picture, just remember if you're my age, you watch T-Hall. That'll give you the picture. <laughs> so he's chewing on a straw. The old farmhouse behind it was 75 acres of barren land. And so the tourist asked the farmer, is this your land? The farmer said, yep. He said, what are you going to do with it? You going to grow cotton? The farmer said, nope. I'm afraid the bow weevils will get it. So the tourist said, hey, how about corn? The farmer said, nope. The locusts will eat the corn. The farmer just... Chewing on a straw, rocking in his chair. Was there anything else you can do with the land? What about raising cattle, the tourist said. He said, no, I'm afraid the price of beef might go down. So what are you going to do with the 75 acres? He said, nothing. He said, I'm going to play it safe and do nothing. And I think we've all felt like that. God has given us gifts, but the enemy wants to take that, even though you can see, but he wants you to just don't do anything with it. Don't do anything with it. And not do anything with the things God has given. We just want to play it safe and do nothing. There are people that are listening to me online, or maybe you're here, that your life has so much potential, but because the enemy is coming out every day and yelling, just like they did back in David's time. I believe that this enemy enemy has sent this pandemic and he wants to keep everybody afraid i don't want the pandemic to beat you there's things that are just happening that i you know we might not have all the answers and again this isn't poking fingers or pointing or this is just saying but god is bigger than that I'm going to decide and declare what God says about living this life. I'm going to do what he says. And in the middle of this, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to prosper. You know, and you might, well, Brett, you don't even know. I've had symptoms or I tested this. Then I'm going to believe God. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I mean, what are your choices? Come on. I mean, we're just going to declare what God says, and we're going to kick the enemy out. Now, I'm just, I'm going to apologize. Well, that's not really, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to get wound up here real quick, just so you know. Good. So how do we overcome paralyzing fear? What do we do when all of this stuff starts happening and we don't really have all the answers and things are just, oh, you, got, you can't celebrate this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to wear your mask. If you don't wear your mask, you're going to have people tell you you should wear your mask. And, you know, I wear my mask just because I, out of respect for other people. Right now, it doesn't go against anything God told me not to do. I want to tell people about Jesus. I'm not there to just say, look at me. I'm there to say, you know what? God is bigger than this. And he's bigger than this whole thing. So you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to start talking. You ever talk to yourself? We all do it. You might not want to admit it, but we all do it. I was downstairs last night talking to Zach, and I could hear Maddie upstairs talking. And I'm thinking, there is nobody else here, but Kim is upstairs in bed. Who's she talking to? So I came upstairs, and you know what she's doing? 
She's not talking weird. She's talking to herself because we had some people that were affected by COVID-19, and so now everything shifts. We had, she's got to run kids town and there's, you know, nursery work. All this stuff is just like, oh, she's up there telling herself, okay, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You ever do that? I said, are you talking to yourself? She goes, dad, I need to. <laughs> so one time we were out on a, on a daddy daughter date and we were going through the store because uh, Pastor Kim said, hey, could you pick me up a couple items? I'm like, okay. So we're going through the store and there's a dude in front of me and he's talking to me. Well, I thought he was talking to me. But he's not. He said, I don't even know what kind to get. I was going to go, well, I don't know what kind to get. I don't even know what you're talking about. Then I realized he had something in his ear. He's talking to somebody else about something he's supposed to buy. And so Maddie said, he's weird. He's talking to himself. I said, no, he's not. He's talking to somebody on the phone. He's got a thing in his ear. She goes, oh. So then we go out to lunch. I said, where do you want to go? She goes, let's just go to McDonald's. I said, okay. So this has been years ago. We went to McDonald's. And there's somebody two tables away from us, and they're flailing their arms, and they're talking, and, they're, and she goes, Dad, look, somebody else is talking to somebody. They got something in their ear. I looked over and said, Maddie, there was nothing in that man's ear. She goes, oh. Now, I said all that just to say, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. You're going to have to encourage yourself. You remember David? David made some things, and you know, they went away and did some stuff. So the enemy came and, and just wiped out Ziklag. You remember that? took everything he had, took family, took possessions. And the men were ticked. They were talking about stoning David. We're going to, you know, it's your fault. And so they're pointing fingers and all that. And David didn't have anybody to turn to. You ever felt like that? David had to go, and the Bible says he had to encourage himself in the Lord. He had to say, God, what do you want me to do? I can't get anywhere with any, nobody is on my side, but God, I'm doing everything I can. And, and God encouraged him, told him what to do. Now, back in the day, you might understand this. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. You got to pump you up. Listen to me now. Believe me later. You're going to have to pump yourself up. You're not going to find all the help you want from everybody else but God. But God will tell you, just like God said, you can get on that plane. In the time when that whole thing is going, I had to tell myself, God, I'm going, to get to, I'm going to get to Florida. I'm going to get to Florida. It's going to be all right. I'm not going to, I, did, I made the right decision. Because the enemy is trying to fight. Choose whom this day who you will serve. You're going to have to grab thoughts and take them captive. And people will ask me, well, Brett, what thoughts? Well, the ones that are messing with you. The ones that the giant's yelling out. Those are the ones. Listen to you now. Believe you later. Preach to yourself. This is some things you're going to have to remind yourself. Are you ready? If you look beside your right and your left, there should be seat belts. Just click them on because here we go. Here's the first thing I want you to remember. Jesus is with me and he has all power. Jesus is with me and he has all power. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The God in me is bigger than COVID-19 ever thought it would be. The God in me is bigger than the enemy ever thought he could be. Jesus is with me, and he has all power. Now, this is one of the last things Jesus told to his peeps, his boys, his crew. Can you imagine my brother's word? Here, come around. Let me tell you. This is what he says. He told them all power was given to him in heaven and on earth. That's what he says. Look at Matthew 28, 18 and 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. And here it is, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the one that's going to dwell in you, the one that's going to be so big inside you. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. Here's the promise. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Think about how those guys must have felt. Think about how they felt. He's asking us to do something at this point that seems pretty impossible. And matter of fact, Jesus in human form hasn't done this. Now, I want you to grab a hold of this with me. He's telling them to do something. As a man, he's not done. His entire ministry was pretty much around the same area. His home office, so to speak, his headquarters was in Capernaum. And he crossed the Sea of Galilee. I've never been there, but it's just basically a big lake. They say it takes about an hour to cross. 
He never went to foreign soil. He never preached in foreign nation. But his command to these men was to win the world to him. What he is doing, listen, he is exercising his faith. He is using and he's fulfilling scripture at the same time. He's about to say, you know, when he said, I have to go and I'm going to send the comforter to you. He is, he is trying to tell them, you haven't seen me do it because I can't be in this form everywhere, but hallelujah, I can when I'm in this form. And I can get in that form when we're going to go through what we're going to go through. And he's saying, just watch me. Watch what happens. He's telling them something. I'm about to make what you think is impossible possible. Can you help me somebody today? Jesus is saying what you think can't be done. God is saying it is already done. It gets better. Then he goes up to heaven in a big elevator cloud. (laughs) So he goes up to heaven. Bye-bye, Felicia. I don't know if he said that. That's from the book of Brett, so you don't, you know. But he's telling them to do something he hasn't done. I want you to go and tell people about the kingdom. Cover the world with the gospel. It seems impossible, but he left them with the promise. I am with you. I am with you always. Not part of the time, not some of the time, not only when this is good, not when things are... I mean, I'm with you in the good times, the bad times, baby. I'm with you the whole ride. And I have all power. Wherever you go, I am there, even to the end of the world. So when it's your time... To step out. And God's saying, you know what? I need you to go do this. But God, I need you to go do this. Remind yourself that Jesus is with me and he has all power. When you have to go and do something or you need to attack something as far as in the spirit, Jesus is with me and he has all power. Let's understand this. Let's, let's get this real straight. Hell could not defeat Jesus. Come on, the devil could not defeat Jesus. The only time Jesus went to hell and said, I believe you have something of mine, it's the keys. It's the authority that Adam gave you. I'm gonna take it back right now, hand it over. Go ahead, make my day. He is going to tell, I'm just saying, hell couldn't keep him, grave couldn't hold him, demons can't trap him, he's alive, and he's saying this, don't you back up, don't you give up, don't you be afraid, I have all power, and all power belongs to God, and I'm delegating it to you. So what should you be in charge of? Whatever is taking charge of you as a child of God, what is robbing you of peace? What is getting in your face? What is telling you you can't have this? What is telling you you can't do this? Remind yourself, God is in charge of my life and greater is he that's in me. And Jesus said, I have all power. Start declaring God in your life. Isn't that what the three Hebrew boys said? Our God is bigger. Now, I would love to think of that dream. When they, you know, I, I go through that over and over. I run that. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't do anything that Nebuchadnezzar said. So he says, we're going we're gonna to throw him in the furnace. He just got ticked. Does the enemy get ticked at you? I'm, I hope I tick him off all the time. But, you know, so he heats the furnace hotter than it's ever been heated. The people that are taking care of the furnace are dying just getting close to it. I would have loved to seen as they heated the furnace, God just lean over and go. <sighs> they try to light it. <sighs> it's like some annoying kid at a birthday party. It's not your party. And he keeps blowing out the candles. But he doesn't. Because let me say, God doesn't, he is not moved by circumstances. Make it as hot as you want. It can be lava for all he cares. And Nebuchadnezzar looks in, he says, didn't we send three boys? Didn't we throw three boys in there? Yet there is a fourth, and he is like the Son of God. Let's stop right here. We pause this for a station break. (laughs) Excuse me, King Nebi. It's not like the Son of God. It is the Son of God. Because no matter what happens, God has all power, and he is with you. Somebody give him some praise. No matter where you go, Jesus has all power. 
when this pandemic hit, Jesus has all power. When crisis seems to be all around you, Jesus has all power. When the kids aren't doing what you said, Jesus has all power. When your job seems to be going away, they're downsizing or whatever, Jesus has all power. If you need money to survive, God has that. Jesus has all power. The next thing I got to remind myself, I love this. God is at the bottom. No matter how low things get, no matter how bad it seems, no matter if it seems like I'm at my wit's end or I'm at the end of my rope, you know, there's, it's easy for people to go, tie another knot and just hang on. Have you been slapped today? You know, you're not even walking through this thing with me. But yet Jesus is, and he has all power. No matter how overwhelmed you feel, he is still there. Remember the promise, I am with you always. Moses began to tell the people, he said, I'm telling you, God is so great. And he talks about the mountaintop experiences of God. And he says, there's no one like theirs. And he rides the heavens to help them. That's Deuteronomy 33, 26. There's no one like God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you, across the skies in majestic splendor. I love the picture that paints. We were just out yesterday looking at the clouds, and the clouds were so gorgeous. My wife loves the sky. And she was like, how did God, I mean, look at that. And we just in marvel look at God. Can you imagine? He rides across that stuff. Let's think about mountaintop experiences. It was on Mount Moriah that... He met Abraham and Isaac. That's where, remember, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, but that's where the blood covenant was made, where the ram got stuck in the bushes. On Mount Horeb, Moses found the burning bush. That's where he saw the bush, and he's like, it doesn't burn, and he was drawn to it. I'm telling you today, and let me prophesy to somebody in here, there's going to be some burning bushes. You're going to see some things, and God's going to draw you somewhere, and he's going to pull things out of you and put your destiny on you. You mark my words. Mount Sinai, Moses got the Ten Commandments. At Mount Nero, he saw the promised land. Mount Carmel, he sent fire down to Elijah. It's great that God is in the high places, and we know that. We have proof of that in the word. We also have proof that he is in the low places because that ain't all. Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you he drives out the enemy before you he cries out destroy them the hebrew word under there or underneath stands for or means the bottom so god's arms are underneath you they're underneath you when you're at the bottom and you're like i can't get any lower they've hurt me too bad i've been so sick whatever that is his arms are underneath you No matter how far down you go, God is there. It's not just when you're on the top. He's with you the whole ride. He's there at the bottom. When the dust settles, you look around, you will see God. Sometimes in the midst of it, you can't see him because you're just in pain. Come on. You've just been through too much, and it's hard to see sometimes through pain. You know, if you pet a dog and it's been hurt, it might bite you because it's in pain. We all know that. Life can cause you pain, but later, you kind of get your senses. You look back, and you see at the bottom, he was there. I don't know about you, but I'm passing through. If I got to go through the bottom, I'm not staying. I'm not setting up camp. I'm not even enjoying the scenery. I mean... Let's just take the thing, go to Mordor and burn it. What do you say? Those Lord of the Rings fans, you'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I am not staying in the bottom. Thank God he's with me. The same God that's with me at the bottom will help me get to the top. Here's the third thing I want to remind myself. God has given everybody in here, me as well, a measure of faith. That's important. Romans 12, 3 says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. One version says to each man he's given a measure of faith. So whatever you're facing, 
what this planet is facing, that we are facing as a nation. You need to be telling you, God has given you faith. I have faith for this. You're living now because you have faith for this. You are alive to proclaim the gospel because you have faith for this. Isaiah 46, 10 says, only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. So Isaiah is prophesying that God declares the beginning from the end and from ancient times things that are, are not yet done. So God establishes your end. Now think about in the Bible where it says when you were, before you were known in your mother's womb or before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. So he has a plan. He has a destiny for your life. So from so what he, he's established your end, now he says, okay, let's get started. And so then we walk things out. We start listening to him. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light into my path. I start walking in the way that he says. I start feeling the calling. I felt the time to go away and say, okay, God, should I get on this plane or should I not get on this plane? He says, you can get on this plane. Do you understand? That's just like telling David, you can go to Ziklag and you shall recover it all. It doesn't matter to God. He's just saying, ask me and I'll tell you. We need to just stay in faith and start saying, God, now you're going to make mistakes along the way because we're not perfect. But we need to just hang on to what we know is true. He's given you the faith to walk in his will. Remember, Jesus is with you and he has all power. And it's available to you because of him. So tell yourself what God says about faith. I started saying, okay, God, what, you know, how important is it? Here's the first one. Faith is important. We need to understand that. Faith is important. You can't please God without it. Faith is more important than money. It's more important than toilet paper. Successful career, happiness. You're going to need your faith to walk this life. Could, I, I, I can't imagine trying to do this without God. I can't imagine trying to do even marriage without Jesus, without God. How many know you need that? Because even in the best situation, well, we just love each other. I get it. We're just going to live on love. Kim and I tried that, but after a while, you get hungry. You still need, you, you got to have God. Because again, two imperfect people, well, two imperfect, we just make each other perfect. No, we do help each other. But I've been married for 35 years, I still ain't perfect. That's where she's supposed to say, yes, you are. No, never mind. Never mind. You missed your shot. Let me just tell you how important faith is. You can take everything away. If you took everything away from me and you left me faith, I'll be back. Because with faith, it's my God connection. Because faith is everything to me. Because faith is how God made everything happen. You leave me with just God and faith, I'll be back. Why? Because faith connects me. Because his spirit and my spirit connect. Because that's faith. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am more than a conqueror. In him we live, we move, we have our being. It is the faith in God. He is always with me. He's on the mountaintop. He's at the bottom. He has all power. And he lives inside of me. Failure will never be my last breath as long as I have active working faith. So faith is important. Secondly, the thing that God, this is what we, we think, oh, we have to have giant faith. No, you don't. Secondly, you don't need much. We think that we, and that's, the, that's something the enemy uses. Well, you know, he'll do it for Pastor Brett. Do you know Pastor Brett's faith isn't always so great? I'm human just like you are. I have struggles just like you do. I might have learned some things along the way, but nothing that you can't learn. Or maybe, you know, your faith could be bigger than mine. It's not a competition. But I have found this. I don't need much when it comes to God because he is everything. He is all-encompassing. And the enemy wants you to think that you're inadequate, that you can't make it. What you have is not enough and wants you to live in fear. Jesus said the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Now, I just bought some mustard seed the other day to do some cooking. I went out when I was doing this and undid the mustard seed thing. And look, do you know how small mustard seed is? It is really tiny. And Jesus says, if I got faith that's just like that, I can move a mountain if I believe it. 
1720 of Matthew says, you, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I'll tell you the truth. If you had even had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say this mountain move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Turn to your neighbor and say nothing. Do you see it? Nothing. It's the enemy's job. He just wants to get you off course. Nothing would be impossible. Nothing. That's huge. It means no matter what you're going through, it's not impossible if God is involved. You don't have to be some giant in the faith or think that you're a giant. You know, half the people, if they think they're a giant in the faith, maybe they're not so much as they think. That's not to insult anybody. I'm just saying he is bigger than anything you can ever imagine. You see, the enemy wants to get you off to think that more is required. More is required. Here's the evidence. We just read it. Maybe more is not. You got to start where you are, use what you got, do what you can. Well, I'm going to start where I am. Well, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till I, I get more faith and I get myself lined up cleaner with God. And then I'm going to, hmm, you know what? That's going to be a long wait. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. You got to start. Just start where you are and watch what God happens. Watch what he does. Let the mustard seed do his thing. You know, Kim and I sow all the time. And we've, we've planted stuff around. I just planted grass seed in our backyard this year. There's some barren spots back there. And this, I mean, this is just a principle. I just kind of worked the ground a little bit. I threw the seed down and I watered it. I just went on about my day. You know why? Because I released my faith, listen, into the seed and just let it do its thing. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to worry about that. How many remember being in school and, and, and you had to put, you did a little craft and you put a little seed in a little pot and the teacher put them all in the window. That's when we actually went to school and had recess and all that stuff. And you watered them and, and then after a while you'd see these little green shoots come up. Now here's the thing that we need to understand. You know, as a kid, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, wow, it just appeared. It's just cool. It just one day it wasn't there, and the next day I went to school, and there was a little green thing sticking up. But did you know it was growing the whole time I couldn't see it? It was already doing its thing, and I had just forgot about it until I saw the leaf. That's what you got to do with your faith. I know I'm going to see the leaf. I just let the, let the mustard seed do its work. I just put it in there, release it. Agree with it? Moving on. Mustard seed faith can move something from impossible to possible. What's stopping you from beating fear? What is taunting you with this pandemic? What are you like, ah, this and this? Then you need to start declaring that. It might not be the same for you that it is for me. It might be different. It's okay. Maybe it's the same. That's still all right. But Jesus is with me. And he has all power. And he is with you. I just need mustard seed faith. Do you? I just need to say, okay, God, let's go. The more my faith grows, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So I can grow my faith? Great. You know how we, we work with faith? I can sit in that chair. I know if I sit in that chair, it'll hold me. I've sat in those chairs thousands of times. And by experience, I don't even worry about it when I sit down. So the more that we exercise our faith, the more confidence we have when it works. I don't have to worry about that. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. We are believing now for things that we would have never been able to believe for 14 years ago. Pay for this building, do this, do that, do all that stuff. We never believed for that. We, didn't, we were just, you know, God, we just want to eat. You ever have that? We have, you know, you start saying, all right, how do you have faith? We'd have people tell us, you know, you should tithe. We just talked about tithe. Stacy and I just talked about tithe last week. We said, you should tithe. Well, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't know, because I got all these other things screaming. They're going to scream no matter whether you give them money or not. I'm not saying don't give them the money if they need it or they, you owe it. What I'm saying is first fruit redeems the rest. So we, we just gave God. God, everything I have is yours. You're first. And then he would do amazing things. I was telling her last week, we'd pull up to the house. We didn't even know what we were going to get for groceries. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't know. People would say, well, you know, I had to spend my tithe money on my grocery money. Not us, because it wasn't my money. 
Now, the difference of that mindset is I'm believing God's going to provide. Or when I buy groceries and, don't, and I use my tithe for groceries, then I am saying, I don't believe you'll provide. That's why I'm using my grocery money for tithe money. You know what I mean? And we pulled up to the house, and there was five bags of groceries. We didn't tell anybody. I don't even know how they got. To this day, I don't know how they got there. And the kids, we had more fun carrying those in, and the boys were like, ooh, Pop-Tarts! You know, not a big deal to me, but to Zach, that was wonderful. I have to tell myself, Jesus is with me, and he has all power. I just need mustard seed faith. The next thing I have to remind myself is this. I have faith for this. We're about finished, so. If God has given me a measure of faith, and we just read that, he's asking me to do certain things and believe him, then I have faith for this. I have faith for this. I need to listen and obey. I have faith when the pandemic is staring us in the faith, face in the faith, kind of. It's a pun, but it works. If it's staring at you, you have faith for this. When something threatens your family, I have faith for this. If something is too hard or I've got these bills to pay, I have faith for this. If you're breathing in the building, God has given you a measure of faith to face the giant. You have faith for this. When the devil is laughing at you, I have faith for this. If the doctor gives you a bad report, I have faith for this. I got people in the building right now. The doctor didn't give him a report that's good, but he's sitting here today and God has given him faith for this. It's not God's will for your life to be ruled by fear, not fear of any kind. You're going to have to face those fears. You're going to have to shut the giant up. You're going to have to deal him the measure of faith that God dealt you. You want to talk something? You want to talk trash? I got some stuff God gave me, and you ain't going to like it, devil. Give him what God gave you. You can win. The world is run by fear, but not you. You have faith for this. Jesus has all power, and he is with me. He's at the top, and he's at the bottom, and I have faith for whatever I'm facing. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. You know what righteously is? It's just righteousness, and it's God's way of doing things. Live for God. You have faith for this. No matter what's happening, you have faith for this. If your kids are going through something, you have faith for this. If you need to get this here or that there, you have faith for this. If you need to believe for this, you have the faith for that. God is with me, and he has all power. He's not only on the top, he's at the bottom. And I have faith for this. Will we win over COVID-19? I say yes. We are more than overcomers. And you and I have faith for this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?